You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers. This is an episode of The Spoiled Yak with Anissa Porma and a special guest. Hi, I'm Porma and this is our spoiler-filled review episode of the beloved TV and drama Mr. Queen. Now, Mr. Queen really stands out amongst fusion historical K-dramas for a lot of reasons. There's Shin Hyesun's insanely charismatic performance and then there is the wicked humor of a script that remains compelling almost till the very end. Even though it's an adaptation, it owes a lot of its popularity to that writing. And here I want to note that the main writer Park Hae-yuk recently came under public disfavor when his next project Joshun Exorcist started airing. The show got cancelled after just two episodes and even actors from Mr. Queen which had finished airing in February were pulled into the mess. To understand why, definitely listen to episode 92 which is our next What's Up in Drama Land. We try to explain the source of the public resentment with historical and current political context. Okay, now for some good news. A lot of viewers were made pretty unhappy by the ending of Mr. Queen, and we only recently found out that the show creators actually provided some bonus scenes compiled in this special episode called Mr. Queen: The Bamboo Forest. These scenes flesh out So Young's character and her relationship with Chol Jong before Bong Hwan ever comes into the picture. It does change some dynamics a little and may give some viewers much needed closure. Now, we didn't really know about the special at the time of the recording of this episode, but even if we did, it's not easily accessible and it'll definitely not be watched by majority of the audience who enjoyed Mr. Queen. So, we're kind of glad that we could focus solely on the main drama in this review. One final point, strangely, the writer credited for the bonus episodes is Che Ail, who was also in the writing team of Mr. Queen but not the main writer. All right, as usual, before jumping in, we want to thank our listeners for being the awesomest listeners ever and our patrons at patreon.com/dramasoverflowers for funding our world domination plans. Oh, and before I forget, we have started releasing mini episodes for our patrons on Patreon called Below the Line. These are not necessarily K-drama related, though sometimes they may be. It's mostly just us catching up, blowing off some steam after our main episode recordings are done. So, if you're a patron and you haven't checked in on the page in a while, please do so and talk to us in the comments. Okay, now we are really starting the episode. Hi everyone. This is Anisa. This is Forma. And this is just me. Yay! And Justine is back to talk to us about Mr. Queen. And this is really nice because we previewed Mr. Queen with you yeah. when we were doing the What's Up Drama Land. So it's cool to have you back to discuss. You know, yeah. And we remember uh, that you had very specific concerns about Mr. Queen, and so did I. <laughs> and we were like, we must have Justine back so we can discuss those concerns and how things panned out. And we will discuss them in detail. I'm excited to to discuss them with you. <laughs> Absolutely, me too. So, this drama to me was I mean, remarkable and momentous for one actor and one actor alone. <laughs> like this was um I don't even know I could write odes to her. <laughs> so, I think we should just start <laughs> with like a moment of appreciation. <laughs> First in his son. That's right. Yes. I think she was the show, she was the beginning, she was the ending, she was the middle, she was everything. So if there was no Shinhye Sun, there would be no Mr. Queen. Absolutely. 
she was Mr. Queen. She was not just Mr. Queen. She was uh, Che Jin Hyuk. <laughs> like, I don't think Che Jin Hyuk was as Che Jin Hyuk as she was Che Jin Hyuk. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. I absolutely, I mean, she, she nailed all the comedic timing. She nailed all the melodrama, the sadness. She nailed whatever line that was given to her, even though I think we're going to get into it, how the plot itself was a bit faulty in a certain certain elements, but whatever that was given to her, she was not only nailed it, she gave it even like her 100 million percent that made us keep wanting more and made me personally keep coming back every week. And I'm a I'm I'm a serial forwarder, but whenever her scenes were on, I would just sit and watch in awe or like with tears in my eyes from laughing. She was the the best thing. Well, she was the best thing of my weekend. So she was. Yeah, she, absolutely. Like I didn't watch it in a I didn't watch it as it was airing. I, I was like, oh, this looks really good. I'm going to watch it. And then I think I saw you talking about it on Twitter and like sharing screen screen caps. And I was like, oh, that looks really funny early on. And then I just didn't have time. And then I got sick with like a bad cold. Um, and I just had a week where I didn't want to do anything. And I just marathon the whole thing. <laughs> and it was just, yeah, everything you said. I agree 100%. I don't know that I would have been invested in this storyline at all if not for um, Shin Hesan, because very quickly um, it. Okay, so when the uh, drama was announced and we were discussing this in one of our uh, WhatsApp and Drama Land, um, the very one that you were guesting in, uh, my concern was that we would have this dude from the future come back, uh, possess this the the body of this this woman who couldn't solve her own problems, and he'll bring about the solution, and then you know then he'll leave, and um, that that is pretty much what kind of happened. So uh, it, this would not have been my thing at all because here is a man who comes and solves the woman's problem because the woman can't figure it out herself. And let's not even go into the man's problems as yet. Like I, I have so many thoughts about Bong Hwan, but let's let's keep that for later. It was it was Shin Hye San. It was she's just sold me so hard on this character. I didn't care who she was playing. I didn't care. I didn't care about the plot. I just wanted her on my screen. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly the the final the final takeaway from the drama. I I mean I'll, I'll agree on. I am I. I, I hate that I agree with you on the point uh, on, on the fact that, you know, it was a man that came into her body and solved all the problems. I don't want to see it that way, although it was that way. But the uh, I, I, I don't want to see it that way because in the end, I kind of felt like the character in the end was all muddled. And if you look at it from, if you decide to see it in a non-factual uh, point of view, you'll just see, okay, this character which i now saw as a mix of two people and one was solving problems and not only just the man but i wanted to see it as a mix of two and i just decided that the ending was never happened and that the <laughs> guy and the woman are now living in the same body and now have a mix of personalities and are living with the king happily ever after that's my ending and that's how it will be and that's it <laughs> So let's talk about the ending in more detail um, a little later. But I just want to go back to what you said about um, how she just kind of embodies all these moments and how like you're, you know, like it's so funny 
And I do think that the drama kind of sacrificed some plot in order to have these really great comedic scenes, you know, like there are some really funny moments and where you're like just dying of laughter because she sells it so well. And even uh, um, Kim jong Hyun, he's a good foil for her. You know, like they had really great they had comedic chemistry. Mm-hmm. Comedic ke- chemistry. I yeah. was not expecting yeah. it of him. They had more comedic chemistry than romantic chemistry, I feel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They were like amazing partners in crime. And I think in a way that was deliberately done, but that goes too far into the conspiracy theory in my head. <laughs> and antagonistic <laughs> chemistry bit. too, right? They had great antagonistic chemistry too, oh, you know? Like totally when they're enemies did. who are like, he's like about to kill her. Like that scene, because I was watching it and I was like, this is good, this is fun. And then I got to that scene, and I think, I don't know if it's like episode six or five, where he's like, where like she's already figured out that he tried to kill her. And then she tries to get him drunk to like get him to confess the truth. <laughs> or does he try to get her anyway? But like, she's like, yeah, just kill me. And then they have this like big confrontation and she's like, basically like takes him to task. Yeah. And is like, you tried to kill me because I'm in a position of weakness. Oh, like, I love in relation that to scene. you. That was so She's good. Like, you think that you're being just, but you're just like, you don't have the courage to go, uh, you know, against your actual enemies. And I'm weak and I'm vulnerable. And you like tried to take advantage of me. And he's just like, shit, that's true. <laughs> that's I'm, true. I'm, I did that. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting Not chills then. all over again. <laughs> it was and good. It, yeah. And like it, that anger and that intensity that they have with each other was as good if not even maybe better than the chemistry that they had when they were joking around and you know so that was that was what carried me through the whole drama honestly her performance like the way that she just can flip like she can change the look in her eyes and you know who she's playing right now um, really reminded me of Jisung and Kill Me, Heal Me. Because with oh him God, too, yeah. like he would just change his expression. You're like, oh, the other one is here. And there were seven of them and you knew which one. <laughs> and here there's three and you always know which one. I, I mean, so, yeah, go on. you guys don't see it, but I'm nodding my head and giggling just remembering all <laughs> these scenes. I loved it. She was so good. Uh, I have to admit that for the first seven episodes, I had every hope that because I knew what the culture was like and despite the sudden profusion of BL dramas in Korea right now, that is still not something that is acceptable mainstream. So my hope was that they would chuck the romantic angle completely and create this kind of like a, you know, brotherly camaraderie situation between them. And then let's let's play with that. Let's stick Mm. to that. Let's stick to just one thing and not like try to keep your feet on both boats. Do you guys have a, that? Have that I scene? wanted that I? so bad, but the thing is, the romantic scenes were not bad at all. So not I not bad. <laughs> like, dude, yeah, yeah, they were not bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> but they just muddled everything because they couldn't stick the landing. They knew they wouldn't be able to stick the landing, but they just why? Why go there? Because just the first seven episodes. I mean, they had, as you said, amazing antagonistic chemistry. Amazing. Just like the dynamic that was building between them and also the kind of trust that had started developing. It was so good, so fun to watch. And also the motives were clear until that point. See, something that really, really hit me hard in episode eight. And okay, we are going into spoiler territory here. Uh, Listeners, you know that this is a spoiled yak. We will be spoiling everything. Um, And... It happened around episode 8 that Bong Hwan figures, finally figures out. She faints. They faint. Okay, Anissa's right here. We can stick with they. They faint and Bong Hwan realizes that his body in the future is in a coma. 
and at that point he also realizes that he might never wake up so he's basically stuck in the uh, body of the queen and now whereas in the first eight episodes his clear motive was i need to get back home and therefore fill up the lake i need to jump into it <laughs> now his motivation shifted now it is i have to survive in the palace but the moment that shift happened they also bunched in the romantic angle and i think that was a major mistake because for one bong hwan's motivations became very muddled he really had no reason to throw in his lot with the king because he was right absolutely initially that soyeong's family is the more powerful one and they would win in the end he knows what happens in history so to survive he really didn't have any reason to throw in his lot other than one uh, sort of like a ethical uh, sort of a decision like where he's like i will do right i will not side with the wrong people or it has to be full on feelings and i wish they had stressed more on the ethics side of it and not on the oh they tried to kill me so i'll be petty and i'll side with the king because then okay so this character this this sobong character who's no longer just bonghwan anymore they don't have a strong moral compass to steer them and you're allowing them feelings that aren't their own like you're not even giving them a choice to develop their own feelings you're forcing feelings on them so this character is no longer a character anymore i don't even know what it is i mean super entertaining to watch but this is not a person anymore and that is where the thing started falling apart for me i wanted to just say that i i completely agree with you and if you and i i I you know um if anyone wants to watch her video essay about it 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 details extremely well. I mean, I'm sorry that I'm hyping it up because I loved it so much. It details extremely <laughs> well the dilemma. Agreed. But the problem is is that I love the so the show so much and I love Shin Hyesun so much that I've decided to overlook all those tiny little details just you know to enjoy the ride. So my take on it was that okay Episode 1 to 7 were perfect. Episode um from then on till the end was just a fun ride of fun characters getting back at the big bad and you know Shin Hyesun being badass and whatever her character was was just fun to watch and it's like a blockbuster. You never know what you were going to get. That's the thing about <laughs> Mr. Queen. Every single plot twist you're like, "Oh shoot, that was so good. Oh shoot, that was good. Oh, that was funny. I did not expect that." and yeah. um that's how you have to take it on to continue watching the show yeah i agree that they kind of lost the plot a little bit with what they actually really wanted to do with her character because okay let's let's actually dive into the ending now right so like if they had wanted to you know keep, have this ending where bonghwan goes back to his present and i think like by the time we find out that he's in a coma and once he wakes up he won't be in the past anymore Like we know that he's probably going to go back, right? Like for me that was like that he's going to eventually go back. We just didn't know if Soyoung was going to die when he went back, if Soyoung was still in there and she was going to come back. Like we didn't know that. But they should have made it clear that she was also in there. You know, like they should have figured out a way whether that was like him, you know, seeing her in his dreams or her being an additional voice in his head or like sometimes being in control of the body and being able to, you know, like because we didn't get that um the ending where she just kind of like accepts all of the basically the life that they created together 
which was not really clear that they were both creating it together. Like I thought she was dead and he was just like uploading all the memories that she had left behind into his brain. (laughs) Yeah. And so that was where that blend of personalities was coming from. We didn't know that she still had agency or whatever that they wanted us to feel. So like then you're just it just feels like such a cop out. And I felt so bad for the king because the person he loves doesn't exist anymore. And and she's just like, yeah, it's still me. Doesn't tell him anything. You know, like they should have had a conversation. Like they could have just shown one conversation where she could have been like, you already know that dude was here. He told you everything about him being in the future. Like they already laid all the groundwork, right? So she could have just said like, I'm so young, but I love you and I want to spend my life with you. Will you accept me? And then he would have had a chance to like grieve for Bong Hwan and really fall in love with her the way she was. Yeah. They could... (sighs) I'm so annoyed now that you mentioned it. They really could have, it would have not been so hard, you know, to have her as a voice in his head and they conflict with each other and he would have fallen in love with both of them. And yeah, that would have been muddled, but you know, and she could have had a conversation. But the thing is, they even added that line in the last episode where, where um, the king says like, I feel like something's missing. Right. And I'm like, my heart was like, oh shoot. No, I hated that. It broke my heart. And that's why I edited it out out of my head and that's how you guys should do it as well (laughs) like he's just sitting there looking at the queen's dictionary with this sad look on his face and he's like is something missing i'm like why is this guy being gaslit he doesn't deserve this yeah and someone pointed it out um in the comments that in in the reddit comments where the queen's uh, wow mr queen thread in reddit was mad (laughs) the speculations were rife So somebody pointed out very rightly that this is a really smart guy. He noticed every single thing Mm -hmm. that um, Bong Hwan said. He made a freaking dictionary. He memorized things that he said. So you can't tell me that this guy is not going to severely feel the lack of Bong Hwan in Soyeon. And as you guys pointed out, uh, that it would have been super simple to make this a split personality situation. Because the way the show had shown it to me, like I know everybody had their different interpretation, but the way I had seen it, I thought Soyeon was dead. She jumped into the lake, she died, her body was left empty, which is why Bhagwan could get into it. Because otherwise, in my, you know, tit for tat type logic, her, her soul would have been trapped in his comatose body. So that didn't happen. So where was she? Was she really floating around in the water the entire time? And they even had that so, scene right before her voice comes into his head where like she kisses him under the water. And I was like, oh, that's like her saying goodbye and going to the afterlife. Which I think is a perfectly reasonable conclusion to have. I th- I thought that too because again, what was with that random kiss? Anyway, so <laughs> so <laughs> sorry. But, go ahead. Okay, so <laughs> no, no, I agree. So I I was just I wish that you had. Okay, here's here's my other gripe. A lot of um a lot of commenters under my video, a lot of uh, uh, viewers across the uh, you know platforms, they kept feeling really bad for Soyun because she was getting the short end of the stick. Bong Hwan was quote unquote enjoying life with the king, whereas and and you know figuring out stuff, creating relationships, whereas Soyun was just being suppressed. And I was thinking Soyun had a degree of agency in all of this. She decided that she could not live this life anymore, so she gave it up. That was a choice, a desperate choice, but a choice. Bong Wan never gets to make a single freaking choice. He's forced into Soyun's body. 
He he's forced to have his feelings and his memories changed. And once he gives in to that, and he's like, fair enough. So this is who I am now. I these are the feelings I have. I will survive. He's just yanked out of that body and put in his own body. I mean, this man. I just really, really wish that Bombard's rights had been preserved. I think that would have been the right thing to do. So you're was- banging on her desk right now. Yes. <laughs> Listen, Soyun as she was, the king never fell in love with Soyun. He had time to get to know her. She did couldn't get through to him. She had her own limitations. She it 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 kept them apart, and it probably that would have been the truth their entire life. Here you have Bongwan who came in and solved the situation for her, sort of, but that will only last for a little while because Soyun is going to make Soyun decisions and not Sobong decisions going forward. And the king is going to bloody fall and fall out of love with her. This is not going to last. This is like the saddest ending ever. And Bongwan is unhappy in the future. You know what? What would have been fun? It would have been fun that Soyun would have been still alive, and Bongwan instead of being his body in a coma, her she would be in his body. And she would have been, you know, having fun with all these guys in this what man's body. Oh my goodness! And then, you know, at the end, 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 they both faint or something, or they both go into a pool or something, and then they discuss, you know, what? I want to stay in this body. I want to stay in this body. And then they both stay in their times. That would have been so fun. That would have been amazing. Oh, yeah. I think this is what makes me mad about this drama. It was such an unforced error. Like they had so many things that they could have done that would have actually given us a satisfactory ending, and they're just like, nah, let's just not do that. <laughs> it's like. And the thing is, all of the bad decisions that we are struggling with, all of them, barring the one where they could have easily made them a split personality and and decided not to, um, comes down to homophobia basically, and that just kills me. Because then, dude, why adapt the story at all? You know what the elements were. You know how unsatisfied the audience was with the original endings. You know it. So why do this? <laughs> oh, can you tell us what the original ending was? I I didn't the, watch the Chinese version. So, okay, so um, they were pretty tragic actually. The king and queen uh, gets killed, and uh, and you had their their Bonghuan go back to wake up in the future, and yeah, of course, it's devastation all around. There is this and uh, this alternative ending though, where uh, he wakes up, and there is this the doctor in the mask is very clearly a reincarnation of the king. and they look at each other and the drama ends so there is that kind of hopeful uh, thing but um yeah it was pretty pretty horrible <laughs> yeah it's like they took on the story where they knew that they had to deal with certain themes and that they just decided well we're not going to deal with those themes so i agree like why take on a project like this if you're not going to do justice to it just don't do that you no. know or change it like the elements we suggested right. and you know previously but agreed however they are probably just going to point towards you know the amazing ratings that they were getting and be like bah. well that's not because of them that's because shinhae sun is a, an exactly. amazing person yeah. yeah she is a goddess she requires <laughs> altars built to her greatness my my goodness um i think saya pointed it out at one point that she is she was so good at being chejin hyuk at one point that she almost resented not seeing shinhaesan in her like where is that personality and i i i totally understand what she meant i and and because it was it was book ended right chejin hyuk was in the beginning chejin hyuk was the, in the end and i actually props to chejin hyuk i really loved his performance towards the end agreed yeah 
I was not expecting that. I uh, so I I knew he was a decent actor, but I had not seen him in any very emotionally resonant scenes in other dramas. And I had I had not watched Zombie Detective, where he was apparently supposed to be really good. So yeah, this came as a surprise and a pleasant one. It was, it was a good surprise. He he does have a macho kind of face, you know. So you know, there's that moment where he opens the. Um, the encyclopedia of Korean history. Yeah. And he kind of, and he sees it and you can see how like happy he is for Jung that like things worked out well and he was, he ended up being a great king. Yeah. Um, and then he like looks up their history on, you know, online and he looks up what happened and, and then he just kind of does this like crying, laughing. Yeah. Sort of. And then I was like, oh, and then I was like excited for where that was going to go. And then it just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And I was so, I felt so betrayed and cheated. <laughs> You know, this like, is how I felt at the end of Scarlet Heart. <laughs> I invested so much of my time and emotion in that dumpster fire. Oh, and I, didn't, it, I didn't even watch that. Totally <laughs> cheated me on the ending. But yeah, it was kind of similar in that the person who gets back into the future has nothing to show for all of the emotion that was invested. So time travel sucks is what the <laughs> conclusion is. I mean, so I'm I'm actually okay with him. Um, I know you mentioned in your video, Borma, that you wanted him to stay in the past. I was actually okay with him coming back to the future because um, he wasn't really living a full life. Like, to me, like, he, you know, he didn't really have any friends. All of his romantic relationships were just kind of like flings that he was he was just in it for like the physical pleasure. The only real relationships he had were with his parents, which that seemed like a healthy relationship. You know, like he missed his mom and stuff. Um, but he was alone, you know, like when you see him, when this scandal happens to him in the in the blue house kitchen, basically like nobody is with him. He's by himself. So like he obviously doesn't really have a life that he's happy with. Um, and he was changed by what he experienced in the past. And I would have really loved to see him starting his new life, you know, after everything he's experienced and like with his new understanding of like what a woman's life is like. And, you know, like everything that he learned about, you know, what's really valuable in life and what's worth holding on to and, and all like the family and like mourning for basically like this new family that he had created around himself that he never had before like all these friends and you know like Che Sang-gung who's like an MVP of this drama I want to give her a shout out to her too she was amazing court lady Choi she was I wanted to see that and we didn't get any of it and I so it just it felt like a bait and switch like oh you thought this was the main character actually So Young was the main character Bye. Uh, yeah. And So Young, whom we don't know at all, honestly. We don't Come know on. her at all. Yeah. And because um, Shin Hye-san had, had done such a good job of showing Bong Hwan's character in So Young's body, you actually saw Bong Hwan throughout. Even when he was supposedly coming up with like So Young's memories and So Young's feelings, it was Bong Hwan reacting to them. So it was Bong Hwan. In my head, it was never so Bong. It was never a melding of anybody. It mm-hmm. was Bong Hwan who was being forced to feel feelings not his own. But I was rooting for Bong Hwan. So if you want me to root for the happiness of this other character who's had a very sad life, yes. But like, give me something of her. You didn't. And then you're like, ah, the main character you're rooting for doesn't really matter. I mean, we can just, yeah. you know. And that was... Like we said, it was a filmmaking choice 
Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm fine with Bongwan having gone back to the future because I knew that inevitably that is where it was going to lead. That is right now we are not there yet in terms of you know mainstream drama. But also even if we were there in terms of mainstream drama, I would prefer letting Bongwan just go back to his own place. But a give him the choice. Damn it, let him make a choice at some point. And b I if you had given me a character arc, there was no character arc. I had not seen enough of Bongwan's life in the beginning. Anisa, you are absolutely right. He seemed to be a loner and didn't have make any connections. Fair enough. So if the arc was him learning to make connections, then he comes back into the future. Then show me him making exactly. connections. There is no A and B point. There is just this flat line, and it goes nowhere. I like what is Bongwan's character? What is the arc that happened throughout this drama? I don't get it. Well, Paroma, I'd like to think that he there was a tiny arc where I know you had stressed it out that you know the ethical decision wasn't so ethical, but I'd like to think that because he kept doing ethical uh, decisions, he turned out to be a better guy at the end of the show, more kind and more empathetic. So that's how I'd like to see it. I'm more of an optimistic kind of person, I think. That's perfectly fine, but the problem is we didn't see him as a very unempathetic guy in the beginning either. It's we saw so little of him. We saw incidents happening to him. Him sleeping around with women doesn't make him unempathetic, you know? And him having shallow relationships doesn't mean that he doesn't have feelings or fellow feelings for humans. We didn't see anything of this guy. So if you tell me that he's being changed by the experience, you have to show me substantial change in some way, and they just don't do it. Yeah, and having that flashback scene of, uh, you know, his new past where that like evil chef or whatever comes and, sh- and says like, yeah. Uh, you you weren't the kind of person to, you know, record something for the sake of justice. You would have come and made a deal with me. Like, sorry, that's too much. Like, that's just you retconning everything. Like, you didn't show us any of that, you know? So, like, he, he tells us about, who, like, he, he does say, I was just about getting ahead and, like, manipulating people by using my chef skills. And we do see that in the beginning. So, like, there is some arc, but I agree that it was very, very, it wasn't enough. So, I know. So... Uh, a moment of yeah regret absolutely for the friendship that had bloomed between court lady che and hongyeon and monghwan because as wonderful as soyun was to hongyeon and stuff they had a master servant relationship um that's not how monghwan treated those two mm. and i don't see soyun the soyun that we had glimpsed a little bit in what we know of um, noble women of that time treating them the way Bonghuan had treated them. So just imagine that they are suddenly going to lose that friendship. I just I just feel so sad. I'm just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd but like, I, I'd like to ahead. think... I'd like to think that Soyeon... Because the way the court... the Not court lady Ch- uh, Choi... I, I don't pronounce it well. Her The other... The young one, Hong Young. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd like to think that they had a good relationship because Hong Young was... She's like, oh, you were always kind to me and whatnot. So yeah, I'd they like did have that. a good relationship. They just, they just weren't friends because they had, like, Hongyan had grown up in her household. She'd always been treated very kindly and sweetly. She knew what her mistress was like, but there was that distance, you know. But yeah, Bong-Wan it was Bongwan who said, just you know, just call me, you know, like don't do all yeah. of that b- bowing and scraping, like. Soyoung was fine with it because that was her status. Like she wasn't going to say don't do that. That's those are the norms, right? Yeah. 
and she'd been grown up to have the ambition of uh, becoming a queen. Like she'd worked hard to gain the position of the queen. So that didn't happen because she was super democratic with her servants. Yeah. And I just really want to give a shout out to uh, Cha Chunghua, who plays uh, Court Lady Che, um, because I loved her performance. I've seen her in other things. Um, I just recently started watching Hotel Del Luna and eventually dropped it. But like, it was kind of funny to me because she plays the first dead ghost that comes to the hotel. And I was like, oh, hey, it's Court Lady Che. <laughs> but she was so funny. Like, and uh, there was so much of this, like, the frustration of having a terrible boss who's making your life worse and you just can't do anything about it. And then like the whole thing where she like finds the, the naughty kaleidoscope that's, like her one joy in life. And then she goes into the bamboo forest and like screams and, and like swears. <laughs> and like her whole relationship with the chef. the chef. I mean, I just loved everything about her character. Um, when they implied that she had died, I was like, oh, Mr. Queen, you did not just do that. I We're not on good terms anymore. <laughs> I'm really glad that she didn't die. I was really upset. That yeah. that ending where she's like, I want to I want to come back in the next life and be her mother. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> right at the ending when they were all standing on the stairs or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh, yes. She was. She did do a good job. She she complimented Hasten's chemistry really well yeah she did and also props to this drama for making court politics interesting oh yeah it's just never a dull moment with the twist here and also the antagonists weren't annoying i mean yes the second lead dude was i don't even want to call him a second lead dude because he never had a chance (laughs) but (laughs) um it it's just he did get a bit annoying because can't take a no but you know what I mean, right? The overall, the uh, there were no clearly good sides aside from the side of the king, which is the third side. <laughs> but like the Joes and the kings were, kims were pretty much equally bad. The mm. um, the personal uh, vendettas superseded the good of the people every single time with these people, and it was just fun watching. Um, the king win uh, a lot, but also lose and lose. Uh, okay, where, when was that? The where, the where the big feast situation happens and he almost gets blown up. That that I think it's end of episode thirteen, maybe. I'm not sure. I think a little earlier yeah. than that, but like there is, he has that. He's almost crying as as he's walking towards that. You know, the altar where the uh, thing happens, the the blast happens. That was so humiliating to watch, so gut-wrenching. And you could see how powerless he was as a king right then. And, dude, I felt really bad for the historical character. I was reading up on him a bit because... I mean, come on. I mean, you, we were like Chojong, Chojong this, Chojong that. <laughs> I just looked up his wiki and dude, he had a rough life. First of all, he got made into the biggest joke of history. And according to recent historical records, he was actually closer to what is depicted in this drama. In that he tried, but he was, his knees were like cut off every single time. He was He was barely, he wasn't even allowed to educate himself. They were like, sit there, look pretty. Don't you dare have a thought in your head or you will die. Yeah. And they did a really good uh, job. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to cry. That's it. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It's really, I think they did a really excellent job of showing this, you know, this kind of political upper class who are 
ostensibly they're on opposite sides, but the only reason they're on opposite sides is just they all want power and they don't want to share it. But they're all the same. You know, they're all equally corrupt. And they, you know, they did do a good job of, I mean, I don't watch a ton of sagas because I like, I don't really like historical uh, court politics that much. I like the historical part, but I don't enjoy how much time is spent just like politicking and, you know, but in this one, they connected it so well with like the suffering that the people are experiencing and the injustices that come out of, you know, like all the stuff about how they're like, you know, using, you know, money that's supposed to be going to one place and just siphoning it off. And like the whole thing with like uh, Soyoung's dad and the storeroom that he has just like full of <laughs> stolen goods. Oh, and, you know, like they really showed that. And I yeah. really appreciated how they set, set up this this king who is so completely lacking in power from in the court and then he takes that power the source of his power is like the the feeling and the sort of the feeling of justice he has to, is towards his people and how that kind of that connection that he has to his people it was i was really beautiful like i'm always against monarchy in any form but i felt like this was really great because he's put it in like a an untenable position and it is it's tragic the way he keeps just not being able to do anything and they just keep humiliating him over and over again and you're like the the dowager queen is always like she's like moving her foot and getting him to do things <laughs> like it was kind of funny but it was also really sad so yeah. i loved those times when he got to like not be the king and be with his like movement people basically they're like a movement right so that was yeah pretty that was pretty amazing also i loved how receptive shojong was to the idea of democracy eventually happening to him that is like a, a good thing that happens in the future, even if it's an imagined future in the demented head of his wife. But, right. you know, it's a good thing. He ended up implementing, sort of laying the yeah. groundwork for it during his own lifetime, which is yeah. very cool. If completely in ahistorical and probably impossible for someone at that time. But <laughs> and then his the, a queen who believes in democracy and, and, and the republic and power of people suddenly becomes all the 18th, 19th century queen again. That is just going to go down so well in the future. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we mentioned the the Grand Dowager Queen, but she did her role so well. I loved yeah. her scenes with Shin Hye-sun whenever, you know, Shin Hye-sun would bring her food or stuff like that. I'm like, oh, yes, that's the evil queen. I love those scenes so <laughs> well. Uh, she played a good evil character. I think that's also endearing, you know, to, you know, if you if you don't have a good evil person to look up to, then the story yeah. becomes boring and groundless. So that also helped with the story. It did. So that was Bae Jong-ok. And Bae Jong-ok, I have loved her since Graceful Family, <laughs> which <laughs> um, she, was, she was a really great villain in that one too. But And also, as Jasmine pointed out, you need a good <coughs> villain to ground the stakes of the story. And she always felt so unpredictable in that um again saya pointed it out in our long yak i think she was so amazing in how vain she was but also her idea of you know i need to have this much power why am i not in this position put me back there i will use this person and then discard that but all of those aspects of her life made her into such a rich character and she was just yeah. funny sometimes. It was great. She, yeah, and she and there's that moment near the end, right, where she's like, <clears throat> where she's like basically being kicked out, and they're sending to the I think to the West Palace or yeah. something, and her and the other queen are gonna have to live there together. <laughs> which I thought was like the best revenge, but 
she her like her court lady is like don't you want to take all of your beauty products with you and she's like what's the point now you know uh, because yeah. for her maintaining her youth was like equivalent to maintaining her power like those two things were so intertwined and i thought that was a really interesting you know she's like that's a great touch my, yeah. yeah like my time isn't over yet you know and then when that happened she's like oh my time is over what's the point of staying young like whatever I didn't see it that way. That was that's smart. I thought it was just a, com- a comedic scene, you know. But uh, yeah, <laughs> smart catch. Any other favorite characters or scenes that you want to mention? I mean, you know what? We complete we we complimented Shin Hye Sung. I think Kim Jong Kim Jong Hyung, the king, did a really good job. I mean, he wasn't as brilliant or as shining as Shin Hye Sung, but that's just because she's you know like a a shining star but he was really good as well i was completely you know convinced by his full act i wasn't sure at the beginning is he acting is it real i loved his how you know evil he was say evil to so young and i loved how he turned around in his comedic timing with you know his unuk as well and with his uh his whole you know his guy team and how jealous he was of the of the of the cousin you know those scenes were good mm. yeah yeah I, th- I thought he did a brilliant job i look i I've, I've loved this guy since school 2017 and so i have loved kim jong-hyun uh, since school 2017 i knew he had excellent comedic timing and he could be like super uh, suave the entirety of school 2017 was him being like the most I don't know, 18 year old ever, ever <laughs> that would ever. never exist in real life, but was so great to watch. Yes, he had lions that would slay just everyone. Um, so that was that was him. But also, I mean, him and crash landing on you, for instance. My God, what a heartbreak. Uh, but, um, I know, I know, I know. We're moving on, moving on quickly. Uh, I expected him to be good. What my trepidation was about, um, Basically, that switch. I wasn't sure he could play somebody who was like uh, playing a fool, but he oh, could. he did it well. He did it really well, actually. Yeah. And also, as you said, the switch that he would do would was actually very convincing. Where he's playing the fool, and then there is this one moment where he just stills and he lands a line, and then he moves back to being a fool again. And people aren't sure: did he say what we thought he said? Yeah. And it was actually pretty great to watch. So yeah, I think he he did a really great job. It's just that Shinhee-san was given um, lines and characters and just just moments that overshadowed everybody else. But yes, she de- yeah she definitely had a lot more to chew on. But yeah, you're right. He is also playing two personas, and he does both of them really really well. In fact, in some ways, he's also playing three personas because he's also junked. <laughs> oh my god, that idiot character was like at the end. He's like to the king. He's like wait. If the queen was a was playing a man, he's like, that means you, Jung Chul. It's like, are you a woman? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, uh, I mean, I already knew he would be good at comedic timing as well because I really loved the first season of Wuhu Waikiki. I love that show. I, I know I it's not everyone's cup of tea, of uh, that kind of humor, but I love that kind of humor, and he was really good in it. So. I knew he would do well. It's just that, you know, Shin Hye-san is such a good actor that sometimes she overshadows her co-stars. And and in this case, it, w- it was fine. They complemented each other well. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I'm totally, I mean, regardless of my feelings about the ending, I'm totally fine with having a drama where, like, the woman's performance is basically the centerpiece of the drama because, yes, 
Yes, yes. absolutely. Applause. Yes. Cheers. Woo-hoo. Standing ovation. <laughs> Let him be the bridesmaid to her, you know, that works better in Korean. But, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> he is the supporting character and that works and it's perfect and it's great. Yeah. Yes, I, we I all agree. It, I, I don't think there was a single character miscast in this drama. It was just... It was just perfect in in like in terms of acting and dialogue delivery and all of those like you know the the cinematic or theatric moments all of those things were perfectly done. It's some of the themes that went wrong. I might have to disagree. The second lead, I think, she, you know, oh, Shin Hyesun was oh, was uh, you know acting twenty circles around his one line. You know, like yeah, he always yeah, had the same I, face. You he know, was good he's looking. the one I excised out of my hand. <laughs> Yeah. I forgot he existed. It's true. I'm yeah. sorry. Kim, so Kim Byung-in was such a waste. Yeah. I do think that so I do feel like his the way his character was written, um, I think it could have really worked for me if it was a different actor. But I wasn't really a fan of how this actor played Byung-in. Like I just found him to be I mean, sorry, Nainu, like I'm sure you're a great guy, but I just didn't find his acting to be very good in this. And like I did really I mean, it was tragic what happened at the end, but I didn't really see any other ending for him. Like, he was a terrible dude. He did a lot of really bad things. Yeah. There was some redemption in him sacrificing his life for Soyoung. And, like, that part of Soyoung's story, too, actually really worked for me because he was the only person who actually loved her and, and saw her for who she was. Yeah. And so that I actually really liked, but I just didn't really find his performance. Um, it, didn't, it didn't impress me in, at all. In terms of character arcs... Uh, Again, this is another dude that didn't actually have any. His one redeeming quality was his love for Soyun. Even that love was a bit twisted. His entire thing was, if you won't love me, you can't love this other guy either. Um, but even aside from that, the way he saw his position and what he had the power to do was really backwards. He was not a good person. He had no moral compass to speak uh, for he was just a, an overall terrible um, person to have that much power. And he abused it all the time. So right. it's, I just, I'm not entirely sure if I was supposed to feel bad for him. He annoyed me every time he came on screen. So even if he was played by another character, but if, if, another actor, but if, he, if this was his arc, I don't think he would have been any more memorable to me. I think, well, like, I think... Because he is not he is not one of our main characters. So I was fine with him not having an arc. Like, I don't think everybody has to have an arc, Um, especially I don't think that the drama was ever asking us to root for him or think that he was a good guy. So I'm fine with like where he started, and where he ended up. I do think that a different actor would have been able to like give that a little more nuance and at least have moments where we feel bad for him, even though, um, you know, in the end. Yeah, he's not somebody that we're rooting for. Um, but you know, to their own. And also, I wanted to point out Solena as uh, Jo Hajin. Yeah, I really liked her character. I thought she did a great job. I loved how it was written. Um, she was really, really good. So I just wanted to give a shout out to her. Yeah, I, I was gonna move on to her because it's it's an interesting position that she was in. I don't think that whole childhood lie was ever such a big deal that it was made out to be. Um, I mean, they were what ten years old. Ugh. But and as the king points out, when he meets her again, it's not that he had feelings for her because they had met at the well. At least that's what he claims. It was just that Hwajin thought that that was her only value to him. So she clung to that lie. But man, imagine being in that situation where you're in the palace thinking that the king loves you and he has a political marriage with this other woman. 
and all your power comes from the king's affection for you and then the king's affection shifts and then you're literally left powerless i felt really bad for her that yeah. was a tough spot to be in and and a spot where you can be easily manipulated because you have no friends so when she lost her maid i had full sympathy for anything she did after that so yeah 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 i did not i did not hold it against her everything she anything she did especially yeah. since like you know so bong you know the, the the mix of two characters helped her see right and you know her redemption arc was was very you know satisfying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's too good for prince uh, young pyong though i did not like him i hated him oh, all the yeah. way through oh yeah i did not want them to get together at the end i was like girl <laughs> you're way too good for this guy yeah. leave him in the dust ugly so that's my one complaint yeah i i like i said the last episode is just doesn't exist in my mind (laughs) but um if you're going to ask me should we watch should you watch the show overall yes yes Yes. Yes. oh my god yes yeah 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 like i i said that they shouldn't have adapted this drama if they couldn't stick the landing but i let me contradict myself it doesn't matter i'm so glad mr queen exists (laughs) It was such a fun romp, okay? Until about the last episode, it was just, listen, you have 20 episodes here. And if they can give you 18 episodes of pure gold, you should take it. My sister, who doesn't even watch dramas, I I was... I, I made her watch a few episodes at the beginning and, you know, we she was laughing her ass off, you know, like sometimes <laughs> Koreans have like a, a, you know, a different kind of humor that you're you're not used to if you don't watch dramas. But like, yeah. you know, the, the, the part where Shin Hye Sung is in the bathroom and she's like, oh, she realizes she doesn't have the genitals that she used to have. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my dragon balls. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's so great. It surprisingly went there in some scenes where I didn't expect it to go. And I was like, wow, this is actually really funny. <laughs> she just sells everything so well. This woman is a, she's a genius. It's just for the comedy, the, you know, the plot twist, the thrillerness. It's a Seguk book. It, it was such a good thriller. And you know how Seguks usually go down roll, downhill and with the melodrama? There wasn't any of that. So if anyone wants to watch like a, just a fun show that keeps throwing stuff at you, then that's the yeah. show. For you. Yeah, I agree. I was, I'm was i still recommending it, even if the ending wasn't as satisfying as we wanted it to be. I just wanted to, before we wrap up, I just wanted to give a shout out to the screenwriter, uh, Park Keok. Uh, I didn't actually know him. Uh, for, and for once, it's a guy. <laughs> Uh, I didn't really know him uh, from anything he had done before. Um, I hadn't watched any any of his stuff. I'd watched a bit of Dr. Prisoner, and uh, but the, like not much. I wasn't super impressed with it. But his writing was super solid here. And because I'd watched a bit of the Chinese drama, um, I know that this is like pretty original writing. The scenes, some of the scenes uh, mirrored what happened in the original, but not really. This 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 was his writing. So um, this guy, solid ad- adaptations, really, really good grasp of dialogues. And he has a drama that's coming out uh, in March, I think, uh, called Joshun, uh, Joshun Exorcist. So... I'm not sure what that's about yet. We will cover it in What's Up in Drama Land. But it's uh, it, it's coming and it's by the same writer. I just thought we should point that out. Are you sure it's a man? It's a man, yeah. Oh, wow. That's unusual because Oak usually is uh, a woman in a woman's name. It's unusual. Ha- has a guy's picture and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not disbelieving. I mean, I'm just it, saying might, it's unusual. it might be a woman in a guy's body. You know, that's where he got his you inspiration know, from. Exactly. That, yeah. that's 
Oh, um, I did have one uh, point that I just wanted to mention because this also had been part of the discourse and um, not actually given enough weight. It's that we've spoken about the gay elements of this and, um, you know, the handling slash mishandling of um, stuff. But uh, this is not... Uh, this is... Okay. This is not a drama that is a good... Uh, sh- depiction of transgender experience so i don't want to talk about it in those terms if i do then it'll be a horrifying transgender experience so i don't even want to go there because this is a what if scenario that is you know not not great um when your identity is being uh, ripped out like that so and i don't think that they were trying to do anything in that vein either no no they weren't trying but it's inevitable anisa if, if you're if you are taken out of your body and put in the body of another gender that that is horrifying <laughs> and that that is a forced trans um yeah experience you know which is unrealistic but also it's it's kind of like the reverse of what happens to actual trans people where they find themselves trapped in a body that isn't their you know um isn't their gender the, the gender that they know they are so that that is a horror story so this was kind of like the trans experience in reverse and i i don't want to talk about it but i want to acknowledge that there is a conversation there and i the reason i don't want to talk about it is because i don't know enough and i don't want to bungle that conversation i, so, I think um yeah i think like i think we don't know any of us know enough of that and yeah and then also just acknowledging that like this could be something difficult or triggering to watch for some people for that reason. And we, you know, totally respect that. And like you both said, we're not really fully qualified to talk about this in depth. So, um, but yeah, I'm glad that you acknowledged that and brought it up, Borma. Do we have anything else before we wrap this up? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for so much for joining us, Destiny. This was really great. I'm glad we got to like bookend our conversation of this show with you because it's been really, I mean, I feel like we kind of were chatting a lot while we were all watching it. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like we watched it together in some ways. Yeah. So it was really nice to have you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be there when the, when the next yak comes out and I'll be listening like always. I listen to it on my way uh, to and home from work. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And where can people find you on the Internet? Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, just Epicness. Because she's just Epicness. Wow. Yes, she is. Also, also. Ah. <laughs> So smooth. So take smooth. it out. <laughs> so, I never take out the parts where I'm like super cringy because that is my real personality and people but need to know this I, about I me. I was cringing at it as well. I don't want to cringe at it when I hear it again. Because <laughs> I'm not. But okay. Okay. And, and you can find, you can find uh, our podcast on Twitter at Dramas Overflow. You can find Anisa. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Anissa Khalifa underscore. You can find me, Parma, at Festa Fasta. And you can find us on Instagram at Dramas Over Flowers underscore. You can find uh, us on uh, Facebook, just Google Dramas Over Flowers. You can also find our blog at dramasoverflowers.net, where we are yes. currently covering uh, Sisyphus on a weekly basis so yes and and doing lots of mad drama addict diaries where we (laughs) ramble about everything that we've been watching which i wanted to point out just me was like the inaugural um post for that oh yeah for more than friends that just did not end well so 
Let's oh, just dear. drop that. <laughs> but we still enjoyed your blog post about it. We we totally did. You you made me watch the first six episodes. I I wouldn't have tried it. <laughs> you watched more than I did, so that's good. <laughs> and Dramas Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Yeah, that's all for us. Thank you guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.